welcome to At The Line. I am Ty Yeager along with Nick Yarbrough and Noah Mogara-George. Everyone is having a good time on this Saturday. Noah's come back from... Oh, yeah, forgot, forgot about the finger guns. So we got the finger guns from, from Nick. We got the peace sign from no, from Noah. I'm just going to talk. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to have any fun. We're Sorry, used to that, Ty. You talking and not having fun. <laughs> Sorry. I'm kidding. I'm hurt. I'm hurt, guys. I'm hurt. Um, but so we're going to get started. Uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to kind of treat this kind of like an At The Line podcast. So make sure if you do miss any of this, make sure to check this out on At The Line, wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to tweet this out real quick. So we got, we're good to go. I think we got this. But we're going, we have a few things that we're going to talk about, including some of the draft prospects that we've seen so far that Spurs have reportedly had workouts or interviews with. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to keep track of also other mock draft selections. Just talked a little bit draft. We got Noah here, Mr. Draft Expert over here. Mm-hmm. Unlike Mac Payne. I thought that was Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought Mac, Mac was Payne. a draft guy, right? <laughs> According to some. Uh, we were going to talk about rumors about Kelly Ubring, the Spurs being interested, and also Spurs players being interested in Kelly Ubre. Um, Christoph Brzingis, we're going to bring, come we're going to mention that. And then we're also going to talk about some maybe some fits for other guys that might be leaving the team. But before we get started, make sure to check out all Spurs coverage by subscribing to Locked On Spurs or where Jeff ho, ho, Jeff host Jeff Garcia will give you the best Spurs coverage along with news for San Antonio Spurs. So make sure to check that out along with everyone else's great, great places. Let's go ahead and get started. So Noah, you you and I have broke a few news so far with some workouts, some interviews. Uh, we're just going to go down the list. We've Spurs have interviewed. Keon Johnson, Kai Jones, and I want to say LJ, F- F- how do you say it, Fiorga? Figueroa. See, I knew I was going to butcher it. Come on, man. Fig- Fiorga? <laughs> I don't know. And then the Spurs have also worked out Trey Murphy III, Joe Weiskamp, uh, Jordan Hall, Austin Reeves, Mikio Teague. Did I say that right? I doubt it. Be. Actually, I- I'm not 100% sure. I think it's Macio Teague. I don't know. I'd have to listen again. I didn't watch a lot of Baylor this year, to be honest with you, so I'm not super familiar with Teague. And then I'm probably going to put this name, Yves Pons. So. Yves Pons, right? Yves. Again, I'm not good with names. Yves Pons, yeah. He's if, a French dude. Another French dude. Believe it or not, I did PA announcing. I was not good at it. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, on, on this conversation, <laughs> shout out to Gabe at All Day Sports Talk. He has not shut up about Joe Weisskamp, and apparently for good reason, because I watched his play, like some tape, and I've seen like the combine stuff that's been going on with him, and he looks like a stud for a second round pick, man. So no, I know that you actually do like White uh, Weisskamp. Is it Weisskamp? Should be. So what, like what Weisskamp? Yeah, Weisskamp. Oh, what do you what do you like from him that you've seen? Mostly that he's a great three point shooter, and the Spurs don't really have any <laughs> three point shooting. I, you know, I mentioned a bunch of times. On podcasts, on the YouTube channel, and writing. They finished 30th in three-point makes, 30th in three-point attempts, last in three-point rate, which is like adjusted for, you know, like per 100 possessions, and then 25th in three-point percentage. It was bad. The Spurs <laughs> need shooting. I'm going to just be honest. I would avoid Corey Kispert at 12 because mm-hmm. if you're you're drafting the lottery, you don't want to get somebody who's 22, 23 years old, has limited upside. You might as well shoot for a guy like that. In the second round, and yeah. while he's not Corey Kispert, he does have some shooting potential uh, off motion, off screen. So I like him. His release is slower than other guys who are elite shooters in the league, but I think that he's still pretty young and he's got some time to grow. Yeah, yeah. And I recently, especially recently, um, 
Because I was always under the impression that Kispert was like 19 or 20. But seeing how old he is, I just think it's in the in the position we're in where we're, we're in a position that I don't see a lot of teams in, right? Where we have like depth at almost every position. We have everything that a star player would want to play around. We just don't have the star. A lot of other teams have stars with no one to play around them. So you don't want to draft for like... You don't want to draft just like a specialist with no upside outside of some shooting. Like, at, at least that's how I'm looking at it. Like, at 12, drafting just a three-point specialist, like, it just doesn't make much sense. Like, I, I don't know if I would take someone like Joe Harris at 12, you know? Um, especially recently because for someone that seems to offer, I guess what? Noah, does he offer a little bit of defense, right, from what I've seen, Kispert, here and there? Yeah, um, I mean, I think Gonzaga does a really good job of like teaching their players how to play like team defense, and he's really mm -hmm. great at like, like kind of like Derek White with the verticality near the rim, where he's going to put his arms up, he's not going to foul, he knows how to rotate over from the weak side and help at the rim, but he's not really going to be a great defender. I think he's going to be someone who might get exposed man to man, and he's just—it's really going to depend what we see in the NBA because obviously athleticism, skill, everything is going to be better in the NBA, and. We're going to have to see how we adjust. So I'm just not willing to bet at somebody at 12 who's, you know, t almost 20, 23, I think. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's just my opinion. But I think you agree with it as well. Yeah. And, I'll, like, it, it's especially scared me since um, Joe Harris got shut down because Joe Harris, he doesn't really bring much outside of some dead minutes and some, like, weird glares whenever he's off, when they shut him down, when he's turned off, when he's not. If he's not landing shots, he's just not doing much. And I don't think we can afford to miss on a 12th pick um, in the position we're in because it'd be nice to have a high lottery pick. We don't. Um, we seem to find a lot of great talent at 29. But at 12, we're in a weird spot where at 29, it was always right. It Like at 29, it's always like, oh, well, it's a 29th pick. It'd be nice to land someone, but you don't expect too much out of the 29th pick or 30th pick or whatever. We've just gotten lucky chalk it up to good scouting you know I, i'm not saying like the front office got lucky i'm saying that we're lucky that these players grew even past what probably the front office thought but at 12 there's there aren't players that you know are a surefire hit and you're drafting too high to have a miss so you have to really like, like on your podcast right um you and uh the guy from i think he was sb nation for the bulls he was talking about a lottery pick or a lot a lottery ticket you want to swing for lottery tickets in the position we're in because if we were to get one even remotely close to a fringe all-star, this team would shape up really well in two or three years. And we know that Kispert really probably can't be that. Yeah. I think, yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I don't think he's a future all-star or anything like that. But also with, like, Joe Harris, I kind of feel like, you know, he had a bad series and a lot of mm -hmm. players, just like Ben Simmons had a bad series. You can have a bad series, but... Regardless, I think there still is the truth that you're speaking here and that, yeah, I mean, he's relatively limited elsewhere. Like, if he's not knocking down shots, the only thing really he provides is the gravity that, you know, he mm -hmm. is a threat outside, you know, so they have to pay attention to him, even if he's not knocking down shots. But if he's not knocking them down, there's nothing else that you can really do. But I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to see where San Antonio goes with this pick. I mean, there's a lot of players, even guys who they've already talked to, who could really fit the bill there. Yeah, uh, Lauren Spurs in the chat says um, at tier two, he has uh, Garuba and Kai. And in his tier one, what do you think of this? And I, I'm not against it or anything. Um, his tier one of our picks are Jalen Johnson, Moody. What do you think about them? 
Uh, I think Jalen Johnson is sort of a relative unknown because he did drop out of Duke. Uh, he had some good games there. He looked like a like a modern forward, right? He can shoot a little bit. He can play make pretty well uh, for someone of his size. Mm-hmm. He's somebody who is intriguing to me. I like Moody a lot, actually. He's kind of like your quintessential 3 and D guy. I think maybe he has a little more upside than just being 3 and D. I mean, he he really is like a gritty sort of like if you can think of like Keldon Johnson, that mm-hmm. sort of effort that someone brings to the floor oh. on the defensive end. Like that's what I really like about Moody and then also his ability to knock down shots, um, really get going downhill to the rim. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I really like Garuba. I'm huge on Usman Garuba. Uh, yeah. I've been huge on him for like a year. I think he would be. I think he would be an excellent addition to this team. Now, like granted, he's going to be a little bit like limited as as a score probably from day one. But I think that's the same thing when you look at like a guy like Draymond Green. And obviously, he's not Draymond Green, but he's yeah. a really good short roll passer. He's he has the potential to be like Draymond Green level defensive versatility, like competing for a Defensive Player of the Year award at his peak. And I wow. just don't think you have to overthink that at twelve. Like if that's at twelve, I don't think yeah. you have to overthink that. So right? you're on. But you're on... Oh, again, sorry, if if you want to go with other options, I'd be fine with that too, because. Oh, it cut out. Sorry. You're cutting out. No, you're good. You're good. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. I think my uh, internet connection is a little spotty. Oh, okay. Um, well, your video looks great. Oh yeah. It does look great. Um, so you're firmly on the train of BPA, right? Best player available. Like that's what we have to do. Like if, if the best player available by a decent margin is like, a six foot four, six foot five guard. Do you take him, or do you look a little bit past that? Because I think we're probably in the position where we need to be picking best player available, especially like even at guard. We feel like we're pretty deep at guard, but say Derek has another toe injury, something like that, something bad happens, you know. Um, and if we do pick a guard, do you think uh, that that has some implications in free agency that we may be looking to trade someone like Lonnie or something like that in a package? Maybe, you know, I think it's kind of, con- it's it's hard because like you want to go BPA to a certain extent, but you also mm-hmm. want to go with a guy who has potentially the most upside and that's not necessarily like the same yeah. guy every time. Like Kai Jones, someone I really like, has a lot of upside, but he's also like relatively raw. He's going to have mm-hmm. a steep learning curve as a big man learning to play defense oh. in the NBA. Mm-hmm. His skills aren't really fully fledged. I know people want to say he's a three-point shooter, but it was like 40% borderline on like one attempt per game pretty much. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's you got to really balance yeah. the mix. But I do think if there's a guard like Keon Johnson, I talked to Mark Schindler on my podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like If Keon Johnson is still there at 12, you take him. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. You take him because he probably has a higher upside than most of the other people on this roster. Yeah. Sorry. Um. I do agree with that. I meant, uh, I should have said this a lot more clear, not best player available because like, who knows if Kai Jones, if all these people are available and Kispert's available, that would technically probably be the best player available because he's the most matured. I meant like highest upside available, you know, um, the player that you you can take a swing on. And I guess at 12, we can afford to take a swing on someone, um, that has like a relatively low four, but, but an extremely high ceiling. So yeah, that that that's what I meant. Like highest upside, like you said. Mark like, Schindler said it best because I was listening to the to your, oh, that yeah. I was listening to that episode today. Mark mm-hmm. Schindler said it best in terms of best available, but fits fits your organization the best in terms of yeah. Can you really can you get the most out of this out of this player? Can you get the most potential out of them? And like, like he used a uh, Goga Bizzo, Bizzo, How do you say his fucking last name? 
But go good Batas day. Like he like that like he was saying how Indiana that was just not really a good placement for him in terms of having already Sabonis and Turner kind of fighting out for that five. So and I think I think the same definitely applies with San Antonio in terms of you gotta draft the best you gotta draft the draft the best available, but what's gonna make get the most out of them? So if it is Moses Moody Moody and not Moses Moody, um Jesus Christ, Keon Johnson. If it is Keon Johnson, I think that would work for the Spurs. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that, say, say get like Bognite or a very smaller guard, I just don't think that's going to fit in terms of he's going to be pushed back behind how many people now with DeJounte, Derek, and Trey Jones. And then that's not even counting if Patty Mills comes back. I just don't think that would be the best situation unless yeah. you were getting like a top three pick. Yeah. Um, speaking of top three pick, yeah. Noah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. What What do you think about? Uh, <laughs> You're good. <laughs> what do you think about trying to uh, do some weird blockbuster trade with Cleveland, where we give up like something like Lonnie twelve and some futures. and like two future first for Sexton taking on Love's contract and number three? Do you think that's possible? And if, if they would agree to that, would you take it? How high are you on Sexton? Because I know they're shopping him. That, that's that's what's been coming out at least. I'm really high on Colin Sexton, my mm. buddy uh, Richard from Mavs Draft. He's also very high on Colin Sexton. And I think there's this sort of false idea that like a player who's putting up big numbers on really good efficiency for a losing team means it's empty stats. Yeah, uh, I don't agree. I mean, you look at Devin Booker, someone who put up big mm-hmm. numbers on good efficiency for like years, and just the supporting cast was awful. They drafted yeah. really terribly, and it was really like Chris Paul and a few hits on draft picks that ended up getting them to where they are. Mm-hmm. And then you see, oh yeah, this guy was good. But it's something you could see coming from a mile away. And I think Colin Sexton is the same. Like, who do they have there? I like Darius Garland, but Darius Garland has been hurt, or yeah. he's not really been able to, I think, really take advantage of everything because he's also playing next to a ball dominant guy like Colin or like Colin Sexton. Kevin loves there. They haven't mm-hmm. really had a stable roster. They haven't had a stable coaching, you know, like coaching. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm blank. Roster. A stable coach. You know, yeah. they haven't had like a coach there every single. Let's year be honest. If LeBron isn't to, on the roster to drive this franchise in a direction, so mm-hmm. I like Colin Sexton. Yeah. Let's be honest. If LeBron isn't on that roster, that Cavs organization is not functional. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I totally agree. You, like, anyone in the chat, whatever, y'all can ask Ty. I think even Noah may have seen some of the messages. I've been super high on Sexton. And I agree that a lot of people tend to um, undervalue, I guess, underassess uh, good players on bad teams. Because good players are every good players are across so many bad teams. Like, you wouldn't be saying the same about De'Aaron Fox, who I think is may, is better than Sexton probably. But, like... People know that he's good. And Sexton is putting up similar stats. I mean, he's, what, 35 minutes a game, 24.3 points a game on 47 and a half shooting, and he's 22. And he's barely 22. He turned 22 in January. So it's like 22 and a half, basically. So I just wanted people to know my agenda that I will be pushing for us to trade for Colin Sexton. (laughs) I would trade just about anyone for him outside of, like, probably DeJounte because I think DeJounte is just, like, pops – in the the organization's guy now he's like i think he might be taking the reins from patty mills as like that culture guy who will probably stay around unless there's some huge fallout that like probably won't happen knock on wood we got plenty of real wood in here. Yeah. yeah so i mean yeah i guess like would you uh, sorry i don't mean to interrupt but like 
Nick and Ty, both of you, if if like Dejounte was to come up in like a trade discussion, would you be willing to part with him? Because honestly, like at this point, when I look at the roster, I don't think they really should be married to anyone. Oh like, yeah, yeah. There's I, just no one who I look like you cannot like untouchable. Yeah, sorry, I would trade Dejounte for Sexton. I like I would trade Dejounte. Um, I would trade DeJounte 12, a future first, and maybe Lonnie for, like, Sexton and three. I, I would do whatever. Like, whatever, if money worked, whatever. Um, I'm not sure that the organization feels the same because he is such a prototypical Spur player with the Spur work ethic in, in a landscape where those players don't are, are, like, filtering out. They don't really exist much anymore. The only person that I could kind of compare to, like, a Spurs-type player, the very humble, hardworking, great player, and I was talking about this to Ty, is, like, like, man, do I want Aiton. I want Aiton so bad. He is my favorite non-spur in the league. And, oh, I feel like he would be such a good player for us. But, yeah, I think that the front office doesn't see DeJounte as um, – I, I think they see him as nigh untouchable unless you can get someone crazy. And I, I could be completely wrong. But I just think that uh, he he carries the culture like a badge on his sleeve. You know, he, he is the epitome of the spur. And they value that pretty highly. Now, if Pop leaves, you know – he has a lot of say. If he doesn't end up taking a front office role when he dips, uh, who knows? DeJounte has a lot of value, like a lot. And I'm seeing like Lakers fans saying they want DeJounte, and they only want stars for the Lakers, so that has to say something, right? Yeah, and like like Nick was saying, for me it's – I think he's fairly untouchable unless, like someone said in the chat, I can't see the name from here, it's blue. Uh, Neuralizer. Neuralizer said – Oh, sorry, Neutralizer. Neutral- yeah, and I agree Like he them. said – Unless it's for like a generational talent, or say it is a number one, former number one pick, or mm-hmm. someone that's going to be the best player on your team instantly, I think that's when Dejounte is touchable. Yeah. But if you're getting some cheap ass, some cheap ass assets out of it, probably not. But well, yeah, like you wouldn't put him in a package for like a salary dump in a top three or like top four pick. You would do it for a top two pick probably, but top four pick. Because like three to four is kind of an iffy situation. You could get at least with this at least yeah. with this draft. You could get someone like a Fultz, or you can get someone like a Tatum. Like it's weird, but I I agree, and that that's a good point. Um, and Neutralizer also asks, and I'm gonna re- uh, direct this to both of y'all. Would you be interested in trading for Bagley? Because I like he's kind of enticing to me. No, you can go with this one first. Yeah, um, I would. I actually, funny enough, I had like proposed. The idea of the Spurs trying to buy low on him probably like mm-hmm. three three weeks ago, and people were like, "No, he's he's a lost cause. He's damaged goods." It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, his value is probably at an all time low. He's hardly been able to stay healthy. And I, you know, I think it's kind of funny. Like the dichotomy of like Spurs fandom is like you they don't ever want to give up on Derek White, and I don't like to be clear, I don't either. But like the dude has hardly been healthy. So yeah. the argument like, well, this guy's not healthy. I wouldn't want to buy low on him. You wouldn't want to buy low on like the former second pick of a draft mm-hmm. who people were really high on. And I think with good reason, he just hasn't been healthy. So like, yeah. I think a change of scenery for him at a position, the four or five, that is sort of a a, a position of need in terms of depth. Like, yeah, I take him mm-hmm. in a heartbeat if they could figure out how to buy low and not give up too much to get him. Yeah, and of, of course that would have to tag along his work ethic, right? Like you would have to get some type of confirmation from him. Because it seems like in San Antonio, if we buy low on someone or bring in like a um, a guy that's not really known to produce much, um, their story unfolds with their work ethic, right? Like Simmons, like Jonathan Simmons, he like we unlock something with him. 
he came here without it, or he came here, I guess, through an open tryout, but he left it, it disappeared. Um, uh, you see it with like Lyles kind of unlocked it for a little bit, but then we stopped playing him, injuries a little bit, this and that, a little bit of unrest, his work ethic may have dipped, disappeared. But then you see someone like uh, Keita Bates Diop who came in and I would say outperformed where we signed him for. Now that's not saying too much because he was a really small contract guy, but he was he was putting up like some meaningful minutes on a contract and for a player you thought that would be relegated to like a Luka Shamanich lineup, three minutes left in the game, down 24 or up 30, you know? So I think that with someone someone with the sheer amount of talent like Bagley, I think that the organization could do something with that for sure, like tap into that and make something out of it if if a work ethic was tacked on with it because I don't know too much about his work ethic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much about that either. But I do know, like a lot of times, like you see players, they it just doesn't work out in one location, and maybe they need a a, a change of scenery. Look maybe at some bonus a on that one. Change of scenery to yeah. really unlock that. I think someone like Cam um, Cameron Payne with the Suns. We yes. saw that like he was drafted by the Thunder. He ended up getting tossed around to the Bulls. He played with a. I think he played with a few other teams, and then he played with the Mavs uh, G league affiliate, the Texas legends just completely figured things out. You know, he looked great there, joined mm-hmm. the Suns, And now look, he's, he's been fantastic with Chris Paul down in the playoffs. So I think sometimes players just need uh, some time because it's easy to forget. Like most of these guys are like 19 years old coming yeah. in. Like they're basically two years removed from high school competition, jumping to the best league in the world. So mm-hmm. I would be fine to bet on him again. I think you're right about like, what is his work ethic? That's definitely a question to ask, but I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to that. I only know one Sacramento Kings reporter, and, like, I don't think that anybody's willing to break ties to, like, yeah. know, talk crap is, about some player. You is know? it, uh, I don't know. I remember you and I and a couple other people had a run-in with a Sacramento Kings reporter on Twitter that was kind of <laughs> less than uh, less than great, to say the least. Um that, uh, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. really? Actually, you know, it's crazy. He, like, we reached out to each other. We, like, talked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked everything out. But um, <laughs> I think he was also kind of feeling, like, just like depressed about how the King season yeah. was going. And I was like, dude, I totally get it. I, <laughs> like, like, yeah. I get it because, like, the Spurs are kind of in the same situation. But at least you have De'Aaron Fox. Like, yeah. that's something to be for, happy for, about. For like, at least, Tyrese what, Halliburton another two years too. before he leaves, right? No, no, oh, my kidding. Lord. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> we are just mean today. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I think the league is going to get shaken up really soon within the next five years because, man, like, speaking of it, I'm so glad that the um, Trailblazers did not hire Becky. That that leaves her for us. Most of the vacancies are filled. Rick Carlisle's off the board. But, man, what is it with these teams that are hiring former player turned coaches that haven't shown much or have shown that they're not great with extremely spotty pasts. You know, you know who I'm talking about the two, the two specific ones that were hired recently on teams that like need a culture change, but like, like what are they doing? Right? Like two specific teams with semi disgruntled stars that like, you don't think that like, like they need a culture change and you're bringing in some type of culture. I mean, it's a type of culture. Um, but it's Is not it the, the best right. culture? Probably not. Yeah. Um, also, uh, my mic just came off my microphone. Yeah. On. I, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm talking about what Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups. I'm not going to say what they did. You can go look up what the two did. Both of them. We'll, we'll just say just spotty, d- spotty domestic people. violence type things. Yeah. 
spotty people. Um, Jason Kidd showed that he was a pretty bad coach. Uh, it showed that he ruined Giannis' jump shot. What's up? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, it's funny because Jason Kidd basically, like, failed upwards into a like into a the best coaching position maybe in the league where you're coaching someone like Luca who's like top five maybe mm-hmm. like a top 12 10 player by the time it's all said and done I just think that's hilarious and then with like Mark Cuban making this big promise to Mavs fans uh, you know we're gonna change the culture you know, never again will we go down this path like we want to do right by it. and then you go and hire someone like Jason Kidd I just think it's I understand the hire to a certain extent, yeah. but like that doesn't mean I like it. I think yeah. it, it, it was pretty egregious, to be honest. It, it kind of reminds me, like, I don't know how to put it. I feel like they wanted maybe, not a, not a yes man, but something along the lines, because we know that, like, I feel like Kid came in knowing, like, okay, like a Steve Nash role, like, my clipboard doesn't work, my pen is out of ink. Luca, you're the coach, buddy. I hope you know that. And he knows that. And I was listening to um, Zach Lowe's pod. He had on someone recently um, that knew a lot about the Mavs organization. I forgot his name. And it actually didn't show it because I tried to find it for Ty. It didn't show it in the title. Um, He was talking about, and this was right before the Rick Carlisle parting of ways. And he said, if Rick Carlisle makes it to the first day of camp, which he wasn't quite sure that he would, he's on the hot seat. And he um, he brought up the attitude that, Luka Doncic has, um, and it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And he said, you know, be it how good he is because he's insane. He's probably a fringe top three player now. Um, He's insane in playoffs, this and that. Um, Some of it's immaturity. It's probably a mixture of both. Um, I just don't see how Jason Kidd is the answer to your problems unless it's like a Steve Nash role who's just – on the bench to uh, sell tickets and hype up the team, um, but I, I guess like since he played for the he played for you know the Mavs like uh, you know it, it's it's you can do the mental gymnastics. I do not understand how you go Chauncey Billups over Becky Hammond. I do not think that it's possible that she interviewed that poorly. You know what I mean? And like, I don't think it was even that she interviewed poorly. It was just that the organization that Blazers organization decided to go with Billups instead. Yeah, and it was Dame. And no, yeah. you saw the tweet. Dame's really weird tweet. Yeah. Like I don't understand. Mm, and man. let me see if I can pull that up because some people may not know. Um Damian Lillard. Whoops. Uh Damian Lillard. I got it. Yeah, pull it up. He someone kind of criticized um the coaching hiring. So so he quote tweeted someone, this is on Dame, in my opinion, they were always going to hire exactly who he wanted, and he wanted Billups or Kidd. They put out names like Becky Hammond and Mike D'Antoni to cool off some backlash and hire mm-hmm. a guy who they were always going to hire. And then Lillard quote tweeted it, really, I, I was asked what coaches I liked on of the names I heard, and I named them. Sorry I wasn't aware of their history, and I didn't read the n- news when I was seven or eight years old. I don't support those things. Dot, dot, dot. But if the, this is the route y'all want to come at me, say less. That's the weirdest. Like... Like it's sure, a weird look. their history about D'Antoni, whatever you want to say about D'Antoni, you're a basketball player and you've you've talked about the WNBA supporting it. You know you've jumped on the train um, because they've they've received a lot of like incel behavior towards the league. You've jumped on the train with them. You've supported them. How do you not know the history of Becky Hammond, one of the best WNBA players of all time, and like a really like pretty good assistant coach for one of the most stable franchises of all and time. And then also add on, how do you not know 
about the domestic violence between those two. Oh, he knew. It's like I'm sure he knew. You you have to know at least a kid. It, it's kid, like, it's not it's not anything quiet about. And if he didn't know, or like if that's the history he's talking about, like you're you're, you're picking who decides if you stay with that team. Now, I don't know if, like, this could be him self-sabotaging so he doesn't have to stay in Portland because that's 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 something that could happen. Maybe he's setting it up to where he doesn't come off in the media, like, if he were to ever force a trade, like, oh, well, you know, um, Billups was bad. Um, they didn't get me the help I needed. That, that could be a real thing. I just... I don't understand that. And I guess we're getting way off Spurs topic. Yeah, but there's but, just been it's been a weird windstorm <laughs> of stuff happening in the NBA and like with weird undertones of maybe not misogyny but like just ickiness. What do you think? Noah, sorry. I've been talking a little too much. <laughs> no, you're you're good. No, I I pretty much agree with everything you're saying there. I think most of all it it is a weird thing to say like oh I didn't read the news when I was 7 or 8. Well, it is – that's not really an excuse. You're an adult. You know, you're yeah. an adult. If you're going to work with people, you should probably know who you're working with. Glance or Wikipedia. And, uh, page, you know, man. he went to college. You know, he's not, like, uneducated. You <laughs> yeah. Know, he's, a, he's a smart guy. He knows what's going on. So even if he actually didn't know about this, he could have informed himself. It's not that hard. It's as simple as looking up someone's name. Like, mm -hmm. you wouldn't go on a date with somebody. No, obviously, you're not, like, Googling somebody, but you wouldn't, like, go <laughs> on a date with somebody multiple times and multiple times and multiple times and never trying to find any background on them. Like, you would ask them questions about, you know, what have you, you know, what do you do for work? What do you do for this? Like, is he mm -hmm. not interested in anything that, like, Chauncey Billups did before he came here? Or, you know, same thing with, like, the Mavs. Like, were they not interested in anything that came before or what they stood for when they said they, you know, we're trying to change the culture. So I think it's a, it's a lame excuse from Dame, but I guess at the end of the day, it's not his decision, but it probably was on him since he was the one who said, you know, these are the guys I want. Yeah. Especially with him being a superstar, that's clearly so... At least rumors have been going around that he's been a little bit disgruntled, but the organization was always going to run it through their superstar and Damian Lillard. So yeah. it's it's not like that he did not have a say at all. He he knew what was going on. I can assure you that he was most likely in the loop. Yeah. I think if we can run through three things, five minutes each real quick, before Noah has to get out of here, Let's we can go. knock out three good things. So the first one, um, real quick, um, how do you feel about the Kelly Oubre rumors with, like, in, in like, I believe it just because it's so strange that – Certain Spurs are eager to bring in Kelly Oubre. We see like DeJounte and a few players dap up Kelly Oubre. They seem to be get along pretty well between games, this and that. And I know like some some rumors, especially that have to do with the Spurs, are kind of like wishy-washy a little bit. But that one is so bizarre and extremely specific that I, I'm inclined to believe it. What do you think about not even like not even the the undertaking of bringing him in? What do you think about his fit with the team possibly? Yeah, I think if, like, Rudy Gay walks, which I'm assuming mm -hmm. is probably going to happen, they're probably not yeah. going to bring Rudy Gay back. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to. Like, he probably rolls in and fits a similar role. You know, he's he's not as good of a three-point shooter, but I don't think he's as bad of a three-point shooter as he showed at the beginning of the season. Oh, my and gosh. And clearly at this point, he's a, he's a fantastic defender. Mm -hmm. I think he brings a lot more to the table than Rudy Gay does. But I still think you get some of the problems with Rudy Gay where he's kind of a ball stopper. Right, he mm -hmm. gets the ball. He's one track minded. He's gonna go try to score the ball, but hey, I mean, he's younger. If you can get him for, a, I don't know, I don't even know what a fair value would be, like 
three years, forty-five million or something like that. Like, yeah, it's so, last year's an option, maybe. He's an so, RFA, right? So personally, I'm just not super enticed by him. And it's reported that he 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 wants twenty million a year, which is no, no. It's if, and I want to say that even I want to say that uh, Paul Garcia said that it's um, like Sports Track or something like that. That the estimated contract is like a low thirteen million to high seventeen million, <laughs> which is still a fairly high for a guy that is very streaky with his with his three point shooting. Yeah, I guess, but like I, I think that that what that that tracker is probably based off of total season performance, and if he hadn't had that rough start, I feel like it's probably somewhere in between like eighteen and thirteen for someone that young. Um, taking into account his good defense and his shooting upside for a team like us that needs something like that, maybe. If he w- if he would take thirteen, I would definitely take him for thirteen. Um, but I don't know that that's that's beside the point. Um, so yeah, it, that's just such a weird weird report. Um, showed up on Bleacher Report, uh, Yahoo Sports, um, and then tie the twenty million a year, which is. Way, way too much. Yeah, so Yahoo Sports, Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo reported that San Antonio was interested in Ubre, and then uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report said, was the one that mentioned uh, Spurs players were eager to land Ubre in San Antonio. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like, a, I, we only have two players, but like for $20 million a year, it's like kind of like a, a Mary screw kill, like Kelly Ubre <laughs> or Lori Markin, and like which one? <laughs> um, I would, of course, Ubre. Okay, um... What do you think about the uh, Demar rumors coming out of the Mavericks front office, especially from people very tapped in, like Fish Sports reported that the Mavericks are extremely interested in Demar. Would you do a sign and trade centered around Demar and KP, almost like as straight up for players as possible? And do you think that if that were to happen, um, like I feel like to take on that big of a contract in a player who the Mavs probably value higher than KP, maybe we could get a pick out of. I don't know. Would you do even just a straight-up KP for DeMar um, sign-and-trade? Yeah, I mean, oh, man, that's tough. Again, I think, like I said earlier, players not necessarily the sum of their worst series, but Mm -hmm. we saw (laughs) KP just didn't look the same this season, Mm -hmm. and his mobility was severely hindered after the injury. He didn't really have the same sort of vertical pop. He just didn't look like the same player. And and one of the things that really bothers me is for a 7'3 guy, when he gets the ball in the post and somebody who's <laughs> a good six, seven inches smaller than him, him is there, instead of trying to back them down or, or, or put put a move on them, he just turns around and does a fadeaway or he just tries to rise up face up mid-range. And that's not – I mean, he wasn't very effective there. So it worries me that you're going to be paying a guy who's injury risk, a lot of money. I mean – maybe if you can get a good pick out of it, but they don't really have that this year. So yeah, probably not, but I, I don't know. You know, maybe you have to take a risk if you're the Spurs front office, right? You got to do something eventually, true. but I don't know if that's the move that I want, but I would, I would be okay with it. If it happened, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like go home and, and cry about it. I'd probably be okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of how you feel, Ty. Similar. Yeah. I think we all feel kind of similar. It's like, we're not super excited for it, but if it were to happen, I'm not like, going to be hey, mad. He he has some of the most incredible upside in the league if you can turn him around. And I think the Spurs could turn him around. Like, he's already such a good shooter. I couldn't imagine him having a, a, a camp with Chip. And then, like, imagine going from Chip in the morning to Tim Duncan posting <laughs> you up in the afternoon. Like, I think that could be good for him. But, I, again, I'm not, like, advocating that we, like, go hard for him. No, 
But yeah, no, I to- I totally agree. Again, if you can get him, if you can get him straight up for a Demar, or it, even a pick included, like like a few like a future pick or something like that, or just if you can get him for very little, yeah. I'm not gonna be mad at all. And also, I from that guy on Zach Lowe's pod, apparently contention like even though KP didn't look terrible this year, he looked really great against us in that that their last game of the season that we beat them in. Um, apparently, from the start of the year, there was like some serious contention between Luke and KP and he he was on Lowe's pod saying he's not sure where it comes from but apparently it kind of rubs me like a Ben Simmons Joel Embiid situation where they're just not meshing the same way they were a year before and it it ate into their play especially later in the year when the stakes rose okay so um, all right go ahead so no, so that's kind of it I know that you're tired after that Rangers game where can they find all your lovely information and all especially your, your latest podcast as well mm, oh yeah yeah i'm everybody can follow me at n underscore magaro m-a-g-a-r-o at uh on twitter sorry yeah. uh you can find my you know youtube stuff on youtube at noah magaro george just my name obviously you can listen to me on at the line i do all this fantastic stuff with awesome people nick i got mm-hmm. uh ty here we usually get mac but he's not here today and then lastly you can he's find busy. my podcast alamo city limits wherever you get your podcast so Make sure to check that stuff out and really everything that we do at Pounding the Rock and everybody here, too. I mean, everybody here does some fantastic stuff. Heck, yeah. So, awesome again. Thank you, Noah, for coming on. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And yeah, I'll, enjoy gonna, it, man. I'm going to talk to you later again, man. Yeah. See you later, bud. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for uh, letting me hop on, but and I'm sorry I have to leave early, but uh, got a call tonight. I am exhausted. I mean, I feel, <laughs> you. Man. I feel you. you're good. Thanks you're for good. answering the question. There were a lot of contentious questions that were running through Spurs Twitter, and I'm sure that they like to hear it from you. Yeah. But uh, so, Nick, where can they find your information? I know. Do you want to tell them the news, news or do you want to hold oh, off on that? Um, yeah, no, I'll just tell them. Um, so it's on the screen at Nick Yarbrough, and um, – I am in the process of officially soon becoming a contributor for Air Alamo. So I'll try and get some like articles out within the next week or two. Um, I'm still going through the process of getting set up for it and everything, but looks like I'll be contributing some to Air Alamo. So yay. Um, and uh, yeah, just at Nick Yarbrough on Twitter, N I C Y A R B R O. And Ty, go ahead. We're seeing you some applause. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I got to take advantage of this soundboard that I have. But uh, yeah, make sure to check my, out my work at uh, at the Ty Yeager, and make sure to check out the Spurs Zone. Also, check out uh, Locked On Spurs with Jeff Garcia, where he's going to do. He does so much stuff. He's talking with fans. He's talking with other our team experts and stuff like that. So if you ever need some like good insight, Jeff Garcia is going to got you down. Make sure to check out Spurs Zone News for San Antonio Fox Twenty Nine for every all the news. Um, I just recently broke the news that Spurs had had uh, had workouts with austin reese from oklahoma and uh tiago teague as well yeah thanks Anna. yeah it was great we hope to do this more and uh t duncan ty is getting it set up to where next stream he should be streaming simultaneously on here and youtube yes so you'll you'll be able to pick yeah so uh, i'm gonna one i'm gonna put this stream i'm gonna save it and upload it to youtube so you can rewatch it there and uh i just need, i just need to get a few things set up but we're going to be simultaneously streaming on twitch and youtube together very soon i just we kind of we kind of had to do some adjustments that were last minute, so we just had just, so we'll get it working. Don't worry. Um, so make sure make sure to follow us on YouTube at the Line Podcast. Just search at the Line Podcast or search any of our names. Uh, make sure to fo- follow here on Twitch. You're gonna 
Either or, we're going to have live streams on both ends. We're going to have clips on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, at the Lion Pod, where we're going to be posting a lot of clips. We're going to be posting a lot more. And that's where our main hub is in terms of finding out when we are streaming soon. I'm going to get a regular schedule going soon, but we're also going to be doing a whole draft night party. Yeah, it'll be long. Where that's going to be long. We're going to be doing. We're going to be here the whole time, and we should have all four of us on the podcast of Noah Magara, George, Mac Pena, Nick Yarbrough, and me. So make sure again follow us on all the social media platforms, and make sure to follow us on Twitter as well. For Nick Yarbrough, Mr. Finger Guns, I'm Ty Yeager, and thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good night, y'all. Have a good night. Hey guys, have you ever listened to At The Line and then suddenly think, huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast? Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off your podcast. It's called Anchor, and this is what we use here at The Line. One, it's absolutely free to use, and guess what? I know some of our hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do what what do I put? How do I get this? It's so confusing. Anchor, although, makes it easy for you. And they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it? You can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast.